there are some brands that just seem to have it. They have that thing that makes them irresistible with obsessed customers. And I think we all have a few brands or at least one brand that comes to mind when we think about this. So whether it's a small brand that has a story that you remember or branding or just a vibe that you kind of can't get out of your head and they're like your go-to for whatever thing it is that they sell... Or it's a big brand that you don't even think about, like Starbucks or Apple, for example. There are brands that just put an emphasis on their customers and getting those customers to come back to them time and time again. So a new customer can cost five to seven times more than retaining an old one. So not only do repeat customers you know, buy your products more, they cost less <laughs> for you to get them to continue to buy from you. But they also have a higher average order value on average than first-time customers. So I sat down today with my friend Carrie Fitzgerald for the second time. And we talked all about how you can create a brand with a cult-like following with customers that are so obsessed with you that they keep coming back to you for more. Kind of like sales on autopilot with people that just love to shop from you. So Carrie is a marketing strategist that scaled and sold her subscription box company and now helps e-commerce brands launch or scale their dream stores online. She was also on a previous episode, episode 23, if you want to learn more about her story, because we really just dive into it today. But she's really walked the walk and she drops a lot of knowledge on us in this episode that I think you're going to really get a lot out of. So I'd recommend that you have a notebook nearby. You may want to jot down some notes because the second we got off the recording, I took some notes for my own brand Boku. So let's get into the chat. Hey friend, quick question for you. Are you feeling stuck with how to get your brand to stand out on FAIR? I'm asking you because as a buyer myself, I can tell you that there are just so many brands out there vying for the attention of these buyers, but I know that your brand has something so special and it needs to be seen. I put together a private podcast for you that goes deeper into what buyers are really looking for on the FAIR platform and how you can stand out from the crowd to grow your wholesale business and really land those dream buyers. So if this resonates with you, head to the link in the show notes for instant access. Welcome to the Buyer Side Chat, Carrie. I'm really excited to have you back on the show today. I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. If you haven't listened, this is our second chat. So Carrie was on the podcast episode 23 and we talked all about email marketing to really like get your sales on autopilot basically. And you gave awesome tips, but I am super honored and excited because we're chatting today all about your new freaking book that is coming out this week. And I can't wait to talk about it. It's like your favorite topic you're like, you're so cool. You're an author. You're a published freaking author. So for anybody that hasn't listened to episode 23, go listen to that because you get Carrie's like full background. But can you just like give a quick intro about you? And then like, let's just talk about this book. Oh my gosh. I feel <laughs> I'm like, feel like I'm blushing. Okay. Thank you for this sweet introduction. And definitely listen to the previous episode. We are kind of in craze mode talking about lots of things. So definitely an entertaining episode. Um, but my name is Carrie Fitzgerald and I'm definitely a multi-passionate entrepreneur. 
I help uh, mainly product-based or e-commerce businesses really build uh, customer loyalty, build these brand-obsessed customer superfans, and do that through really a variety of things, all organic marketing, um, no ads required, no paying for PR or scammy influencers or any of that kind of stuff. Um, I really help people to leverage their customers and get their customers to buy more, be involved with their brand. And then I do a lot of things within um, email marketing, affiliate marketing, customer loyalty programs, and just in general, like ways to get traffic and visibility without using social media. So, which is my favorite thing because I hate social media. So a little bit about <laughs> me. Uh, I'm coming out with my first book. It's really weird. It's really crazy. It feels a little bit surreal because as you know, I feel like you've been on this journey with me this last year, like hearing all my rants and behind the scenes and you know, frustrations, which there are so many. And just like any time you do something that's new or different, there's always a learning curve and you're not meant, it's not meant to be easy. And I've gone through that with this book 100%. So I'm always happy to share any, I don't know, behind the scenes things, but yeah, it's really weird. I can't believe it's actually here. It's been a year and a half in the making and like, what the hell? It's, I mean, (laughs) It's a huge project. I, before we even talk about the book, I think I would love to hear your perspective on what made you decide that you wanted to do a book. And then like, if you could go back and do something differently throughout the whole process, because I know it's been painful and it's going to be so rewarding. Mm-hmm. But like, what is one thing that you're like, if only I had known, I would have done this differently. Um, oh my gosh, there's a lot of things. And the reason I, the reason I wrote the book too, is because when I started my first company, the Dapper Dog Box back in 2016, I literally knew nothing about e-commerce, nothing about having an online store. I was like, I shouldn't say I was thrown into it. I threw myself into it and I really had to figure out there was no, there was less like coaches and mentors and courses back then, or at least I just wasn't aware of them. And so I had to figure everything out on my own. I didn't do advertising. Um, I didn't pay for PR. I didn't pay influencers. And I really like used all these scrappy strategies to get customers, get my customers to do things for me, like promote me on social media to their audiences, refer friends, um, share UGC content with me. So I had this really loyal, engaged customer base And when I sold my business in 2019 and I started my current business, really, I would say the last two years of working with clients and students and programs and just seeing the same pattern constantly of people, like a lot of people who have product-based businesses, they, one, um, don't off, I'm not trying to be rude, but not, they oftentimes don't really understand how to leverage their customers they, they sort of treat customers like a one night stand. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks Don't for forget anything on your way out, you know? <laughs> um, and that's sort of not, that's like what not to do with your, with your e-commerce business. If you want to grow a business that doesn't need advertising, don't need to pay for PR or influencers. You have to leverage your customers to one, like do things for you, promote you, act as your brand ambassadors, And two, get them to buy more from you. It is like 15 times cheaper to retain your customers than to get new ones. And what I see all the time is people are only hyper-focused on new customers. What about all these other people who bought from you? Why are you not trying to get them to buy more? Why are you not trying to get them to refer friends and family? So blah, blah, blah. So I think the big thing was like the last couple of years, just seeing this pattern with people and 
the consistency of how many brands don't leverage their past customers. They don't involve their customers after the sale. They don't try to make them feel connected to the brand. They don't do anything. It's like, okay, cool. You bought my t-shirt or you bought my Boku box. I mean, you don't do this, but you bought my gift box. Cool. <laughs> like on to the next customer. We need to get more customers. Yeah. Post on Instagram. You totally forget that you have all these people that if you just brought them into your brand, you treated them well, you made them feel um, special, you can get, they'll buy more from you. And imagine yeah. one customer that, you know, bought a $20 product, then they come back and they buy a gift for a friend, then they buy another one of your products, then they buy another thing. And that $20 order turns into like $500 um, of spend. So I think for me, that was one of the inspirations behind the book was that I think there's a lack of not knowledge necessarily, but like no one, I don't think people talk about customer loyalty very much. I think it's all about traffic and average Facebook ads. All you hear about is I can help you make $500 million on TikTok today in your underwear using five minutes of my pro, you know, buy my course and it will take you five minutes a day. And trust me, passive income forever. You don't have to work. I mean, all that's nonsense. And that's kind of all it's kind of all I ever see. And you don't hear people talking about creating a brand, like creating a community, get people like customer loyalty. I don't know. So that was the inspiration behind it. I just think not enough people talk about it. And that's literally, I credit that to growing my business, you know, from $0 to hundreds and thousands of sales, not profit sales, just by myself in my well, at this time, townhouse in Seattle, packing orders when my kid goes to school, like just trying to like hustle and figure it out. But if I hadn't have done all that stuff, I wouldn't have been able to grow my business. And so I just think this concept of involving your customers, being obsessed with your customers, and when you treat them well, you involve them, you make them feel special, and you ask them to come back for more then your business will grow. So that's kind of the inspiration. And then I feel like I just rambled a lot, but you also asked. I mean, like just, well, just staying on that. I mean, I think it's like, it's so important because it's such a fine line between filling at the top of the funnel and bringing new people in because otherwise, like your, your existing customers will continue to shop with you. So you want to nurture that and you also need to bring new people in. But then when those new people come in, like what's happening to them? Are you converting them to be long-term customers? And like, it's that fine line. You need to have, I feel like a strategy Mm -hmm. for the new, getting new traffic, new eyeballs on your brand. But then also what are you doing to nurture your existing? So like you talk so much about like the cult-like following. And I just love that you Mm -hmm. call it that because it totally evokes what you think of when you think of those brands that have long, like Starbucks, like we don't even, you don't even think twice about it. People are shopping at Starbucks, people that are Apple, like supporters, (laughs) you know, like that are obsessed with Apple products. Like those are really big brands, but you can do that in your own business by taking some of those things you talked about and like actually getting really connected to your customer. So like in your mind, like in your words, what do you think a cult like, following really means for a brand because everybody listening we don't have the starbucks ceo listening to this this is like we want to be the next starbucks like what do we do what does that mean to create that for a small women-owned business because that's probably 99.9 percent of the people listening 
Yeah, it's a great question. I think the biggest thing with a cult-like brand, and again, you know, you can sort of take that interpretation however you feel like. I think of a cult-like brand as a brand that when people see it, whether they're scrolling on social media, whether they see a package on Pinterest, like a picture of a package, whether they are you know, their friend is posting about this product they just bought on TikTok or whatever. You see it and you're just like, whoa, what is that? Like it has that like je ne sais quoi about it. Do you know what I mean? You want to mm-hmm. like, you see it, you want to learn more. And then I think another part of a cult like brand is you have to have a cool story. You can't just be this vanilla faceless brand where you go to your website, there's no humans. It's just a bunch of products. Like we can, you know, if we want that, we can go to Amazon. We don't need more Amazon. We need more people that humanize their business with faces, your story. What's your mission? I talk so much about this brand called Cool House. And you've probably heard me t- tell the story a thousand times though. But like these people, you know, you can see their their product. They sell ice cream, ice cream sandwiches and cones. And they sell them in like boutique grocery stores, Whole Foods. And they're like, so good, by the way. If you haven't tried Cool House, like you need to hunt it down because they're they're mm-hmm. ice creams. I mean, they're a million calories, but like if you need that treat, get yeah. a Cool House ice cream sandwich. Anyways, and okay, and keep going. A million dollars. I mean, very yeah. overpriced, but there's a reason. So you you know you see this brand in the grocery store, you might scroll by, past it, whatever. They have cool packaging, but then when you hear their story, there's an instant connection. You were like, oh my gosh, I need to buy that overpriced ice cream sandwich because they have a dope ass story. These two founders, um, I think in LA or something, they launched this ice cream brand. I guess they weren't really getting much traction. They thought outside the box. They drove to, sorry, backtrack, Coachella Music Festival. I don't know, Circa, I forget, 2010, 2011, 2017. I have no idea. Whatever, whatever year. Um, they they drove to Coachella in some year. They, <laughs> they drove, yeah, some sometime in the last 10 years or so. They bought a ice cream a postal van. They bought a postal van. They decorated it as a ice cream truck, like a vintage ice cream truck. Had the Had this ice cream truck that did not run, by the way, towed to Coachella. They bought a AAA membership platinum or something that included one 2,000 mile tow or 500 mile tow or something. They towed this to Coachella and they sold ice cream out of this ice cream truck at Coachella Music Festival in front of how many hundreds of thousands of people. One person saw this, was interested, wrote an article about them in a magazine and their brand blew up. It went viral. All because they thought outside the box, but if you actually read their story, they, they're all about like social change and, you know, the, just these like really cool things, but your story is so freaking important. And if I didn't, if that story didn't exist, if they were just like, oh yeah, two people founded an ice cream brand, blah, blah, boring, vanilla, no one cares. If you are trying to, <laughs> if you're trying to make yourself stand out against all the other sea of competitors and anyone listening here, whether you are a maker, you sell coffee cups, you sell I don't know, vintage flower holders or, or t-shirts, you have a lot of competitors and you have Amazon. So you have to stand out against these people. And if you're not trying to do that, you're missing an opportunity and you're probably just blending into everyone else. So by having a cool story and sharing it, you one stand out against competitors because people remember stories. People might not remember your name, but they're going to remember, Oh yeah, that, that ice cream brand, that with the Coachella music festival. Oh yeah. That's so cool. I'm going to buy their ice cream. Granted, it's like literally twice as expensive as a, um, what's that like weird old brand drumsticks or something? 
Like oh, the yeah. ice cream cone. Is it called drumstick? Yeah. Yeah, they're called drumsticks. The twice. brand is literally drumsticks. Yeah, but they're like twice as expensive. And people pay mm-hmm. because you have a cool story, a cool brand, and something that creates an emotional spark in your brain. So that to me, a hundred percent is part of a cult like brand. You have to have a good story. And it doesn't mean you have to make one up. You don't have to have the two hundred dollar I turned, you know, my two hundred dollar Craigslist camera into a twenty-five figure business. You just have to you just have to have something <laughs> I'm sorry. You just have to have something that is like real. Don't make it up. No one wants to hear yeah. that you were almost bankrupt and you used your last ten dollars to start a scrunchie business or, or a t-shirt business. Like, is that really your story? I don't know if it is awesome, but if it's not just be real, everyone has a story about why they started a business. No one starts a business because they're bored. They're like, Oh, I'm just, I think I'm just going to start a gift box business today. Cause that seems a great use of time. There's a reason you have to go back. <laughs> you might have to like go back in time and think, how was I feeling at that time? What was I thinking? Why was I looking for this change in my life? that's your story. You share it, you own it, share your face. Yeah. I love that. I mean, at the end of the day, I hate to say this, but I don't know many people that have created a brand new product or a new concept. Like most things exist. Mm -hmm. What makes a brand really different is what you you infuse into it. So it's your story, it's your aesthetic, it's, you know, how you articulate that and stand out because there are a million card companies, but what makes your card company or stationary line stand out? Is it your heritage? Is it, you know, the company that you give back to, you know, there's a million different things. So I, I love the way you articulated that because it's not just about like, you can have an amazing story and you can have a really amazing product, but if you're not getting out in front of the right people, to share that story, it's going to fall flat. Cause like cool house didn't change their story. They just figured out a unique way to get in front of those people. So with your kind of methodology, what are some things that you recommend for people to kind of get out of their own shell and try some different things outside of just showing up on Instagram or TikTok constantly in stories and like beating a drum over and over again. Like what are some things that like kind of get your brand out there in a way that gets people like sucked in? I think, I mean, one, I think packaging is really important. So that's not really a visibility tactic, but it, it, it can be important though, because I always think, you know, when you're creating packaging or your vibe, I mean, I think your brand is a perfect example. Like you have really cool packaging. That's pretty different. It does stand out the colors, like the shapes and all that. I can see the box behind you. So thank you for having oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just in there. Well, you know, what's uh, interesting not to like go, not to uh, talk about me here, but I do have customers that will literally forward me Instagram posts or send me screenshots or like send a picture and be like, Oh my God, I saw this sweater and this palette is such a, this is such a Boku sweater or like, and these are not like, I mean, sometimes friends will do it, but people that just have bought will be like, Oh my God, I saw this like art print and this looks like such a Boku print. And I love that because, you know, my box isn't the full you know, it's not about the box, it's about the gifts, but like the box is what arrives on the doorstep. And I want that brand recognition of like the color and the pattern. So yeah. there is an element, like whenever you said, it's not all about packaging. If you're selling wholesale, you want a customer to go into a store and like spot your product from the entrance of the store and be like, oh my God, yeah. they carry fill in the blank of your brand name. Like it does actually yeah. give you visibility, I think. 
I love that. That's so cool. That's a great story. I think, and that's such an important thing is, and I've been actually thinking about this just as I've been doing all this research with buying a travel trailer and why someone buys Airstream versus pretty much anything else. But let's say why someone buys Airstream versus, and I'm not going to go into that conversation, I promise. Um, Airstream versus like a travel, like a normal travel trailer. When you were driving around, you see Airstream and you know Airstream is Airstream immediate aesthetic all over the the like a standard travel trailer if you actually look at them their branding is splattered all over it they're trying so hard to stand out in a sea of 8000 other travel trailers and i live in washington state so trust me pretty much every other car that you see in the road here is a trailer so i've gotten good at noticing that airstream it's so underplayed. It's they're so minimal. There's like a little thing at the back or the front. I forget Airstream, a teeny tiny little strip. It doesn't matter. They don't need to splash their branding everywhere because when you see their their um, that stain, I think it's steel steel or aluminum. I forget. Um, you know Airstream. And I was also thinking recently the brand the car Rivian. I don't know if you noticed the, that car. They have a very unique the, the lights. The lights mm-hmm. look like eyeballs, like almost like yeah. an, a cartoon eyeball. And when you see it, it's totally different. It looks, you can spot it a Rivian now anywhere because of the lights. It doesn't mean their brand has to be splashed everywhere. But when you have those things of your branding or your vibe that are different and you're not copying everyone else, people notice you and it stops the scroll. So I feel like... I don't want to harp on packaging the whole time, but that's the kind of things that you want to think about when you're creating a brand or product is how can I make it? So when someone sees it, they know, Oh, that's that brand, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think for other visibility things just to stand out. And I do think like a cult, like you asked about cult, like following and all that. I do think um, another part that I didn't mention earlier is visibility. So a cult like brand has visibility. People see you, whether it's you're in stores, you're, in online uh, like fair or like places like that um you are probably creating blog content that will get forwarded around you're probably on pinterest you might be doing podcast interviews and you're spread around there you're definitely doing pr you are getting on media features and things like that um and then of course just social media i think social media is sort of the no-brainer but you have to have this like omnipresence of everywhere mm-hmm. you're not just farting around on instagram you are getting your brand in front of all these different places and i think that is a huge part of a call like brand any brand that you yeah. even a small brand that you might know um you're not going to find them on only one place they're probably maybe doing ads they're probably doing some pr stuff they're probably getting their stuff in front of influencers. Like they're kind of doing all the things and it doesn't mean you have to do all that today. It just means you have to think my brand is not going to be a cult like brand. If I'm only on Instagram, if I'm only on TikTok, you have to be doing other things. And I do think wholesale is a huge part of that. So obviously you are the wholesale queen. So (laughs) well, it's more just about like thinking (laughs) about your future vision. Like where do you want to see your brand? And it's really easy to get like caught up in the, okay, what am I posting today? What am I posting tomorrow or next week? But when you actually think about it, you could post less on Instagram and just have it be relevant and new so that when someone does land on your page, which they inevitably will, or on your profile, they're going to be like, oh, okay, she's posted sometime in the last week. You're not like completely abandoning it, but you're focusing your energy on those like bigger, broader 
outreach things like PR. That's going to give you so many benefits, visibility, you know, backlinks for SEO. You can then turn that into new content. Like it, there's so many things you can do that are broader that are going to have, give you like that bigger visibility. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. like, when you think about some of those brands that started out really small and then became huge, they weren't just sitting around posting on Instagram. And if they did, they wouldn't be where they're at. Like it's, you have to think about those bigger strategies, but it is tough. Like your point of, you don't have to do it all right now. It's, you just have to, I think, figure out probably you'd recommend this. I would assume like you have to figure out what's going to be the biggest needle mover in your business now and start there. And then once you got into a groove with that layer on something else, yeah, exactly. Like I'm just thinking of one person in particular that um, I've worked with. It's a skincare brand. She has an incredible product. It's I actually use it. It's one of three skincare products that I love, and I am like I know you love skincare stuff too. She has impeccable packaging. I mean, everything that she does is 100% pure perfection. Packaging, website, product photos, everything. So she's. She's a cult-like brand like in the making for sure. And one of the things I said to her was like, look, you have this awesome product. You need to be getting in gift guides. You need to be getting featured on things like that. You have the type of product where when someone is scrolling through all the boring brands that everyone else has heard of, they're going to look at yours and say, oh, what's that? Because her packaging is very unique. And that's kind of what it's all about. You have to understand. And it's again, so it's skincare. So I would say for a skincare brand, you know, two, two things you need to be doing. One is you probably need to have an affiliate program so you can get in all these gift guides. So you can get all these, I don't want to use the word influencer, but like influencers or creators adding you to like skincare roundups or things like that. Two, you need UGC. You need to get people, um, taking videos, putting the product on your face, doing unboxing, showing the product, all that kind of stuff. So you have to also understand what's the needle mover within your own niche. Every niche is different. I don't advise, Mm -hmm. like I don't advise a UGC strategy or a affiliate marketing for everyone, but affiliate marketing, I mean, kind of should be for everyone, but every brand is different and you have to understand what's going to get a customer to want to buy me, but you have to kind of understand who's my customer, where do they hang out? And that kind of thing. But anything visual that you can see putting on a face or a body, jewelry, anything like that. I mean, affiliate marketing, UGC, getting videos from customers, reusing those, turning those into if you wanted to do like a TikTok ad or something. There's so much opportunity, but you have to, you kind of have to understand what are the one to two things besides Instagram or TikTok, because I know everyone is like, Instagram, Instagram. Um, You have to do more than Instagram, even if that's one thing. So if your brand is a brand, for example, um, people will buy your product, but it's either a refillable product, not refillable, like a consumable or something that people need to use over and over. So again, skincare is a great example. Again, I don't want to use skincare the whole time, but um, you you sell a serum. People will buy it. They like it. And then they run out of it. You don't want them to then go to Amazon or their local CVS or Target because they need more serum. They want you want them to buy from you. So if you have a loyalty program that makes sense, you incentivize them to come back and buy from you. Again, loyalty program is super easy. You set it up one time and it just runs on autopilot. You just have to get your customers to be aware of it and sign up. But then there you're incentivizing your customer to come back and buy from you. 
and you're making more money, you're making more money off of one customer without doing any additional marketing. And that is the secret sauce. You have to Mm -hmm. understand how to get customers to come back without doing more marketing, which is literally all my, you know, we talked about the book at the beginning, but like, that's what the book is about. How do you get people to come back to you? But you also, also have to understand the strategies and the marketing strategies to get them to come back to you. And customer loyalty is one of the things I talk about in the book because you have to have, it's not just like, in, you know, emailing one customer and saying, oh, buy again. You have to set up automations. You can't grow a business and still be, you know, hand cherry picking, emailing people every day. You have to have, you know, a customer loyalty program like Smile, for example, completely automated, super easy. I think you have Smile too. I love Smile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah. So those are, yeah. I would say, a few visibility things. Well, I, I mean, I think it's just, it's important to think about like, once you get them in, how are you making them feel special and yeah. making them obsessed with you? Because there are so many options now, especially in the last like three years specifically, <laughs> there are so many brands that have just boomed online. And so you yeah. have more competition than ever before. So like, what makes your product better? What makes it easier for people to give you their money? People want to give you their money. They want it to be easier. No one wants, if they fall in love with your face serum, we'll use that example. They don't want to have to forget where they got it from or whatever. You want to be like, time it perfectly, pop up in their inbox after however many days, like, Hey, do you need to reorder? Like encourage people to easily give you open their wallet and give you their money. <laughs> so that. that's so true. Uh, though. And so many people don't do that. I mean, I, from, because I am in this, you know, mentor coaching space, I notice everything of what people are doing. And then I also pay attention to brands that are maybe a little bit bigger or people that I've ordered from that do things that I would say, you know, they're not the right way, but like, Oh, they're doing a really good thing. Um, I noticed the lack of, these types of automations, um, email post-purchase emails that are going out, um, you know, affiliate program. I mean, affiliate program isn't really automatic, but customer loyalty programs, things like yeah. that. When then, when someone buys from you, there are like these couple of things that should be done and set up. And it's kind of, you set it up one time and it really does run on autopilot, but I see so many people not doing those, even bigger brands that I think should know better, they're still not doing it. So it's interesting. So I like, again, coming to my point earlier, like, I think there's a lack of, I don't know if it's just information or just a lack of awareness that should be bringing customers back and how to do that. And sometimes I think sometimes it's like a lack of capacity and prioritizing things that maybe seem like the flashy new thing you should be doing when you're like, Oh, I know I need to do this. I know I need to input like insert all the millions of things that we know we have to do. And it's just not (laughs) prioritizing the right thing. So I think that like your book, I I want you to talk about your book and like how people can get it because I had the honor of getting an advanced copy. Like I feel so special and I loved reading it and it just walks you through. And I think you can pick what makes sense for your brand to prioritize. So even if you just do one of those things, you'll see results from it. Cause all the things you talk about in that book are results oriented tasks or tasks isn't the right word, results-oriented guidance. (laughs) So anyways, what's your book called? That was not well spoken. What's your book called? Where can people get it? How can people find you? You guys have to read it. That was very well said. Um, (laughs) I love it. 
So the book is called Customer Obsession. And I am so happy that, you know, I got some good feedback from you. And I'm so happy that I got a nice excerpt from you, a little case study in the book. So you are in, I want to say chapter seven, customer retention and loyalty, get them to come back for more. So I think that's where your case study is. So I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. But the book is really just about, again, this concept of being obsessed with your customers and in turn, they're obsessed with you. They're obsessed with the brand. And when I say obsessed with your customers, it's really just this concept of creating this incredible experience for your customers. So whether that's at the checkout process on your website, not having, you know, someone goes to buy a t-shirt and you're trying to charge them $12 for shipping. Hell no. So we got to stop that stuff. But everything from, you know, the checkout process on the website to what happens after someone orders from you. Like, again, are you doing the customer one night stand or are you actually bringing them back for more? Are you sending really nice post-purchase emails to them that welcome them to the brand, make them feel appreciated? Like, thank you so much for ordering. We're so happy to have you, you know, part of the family, this and this. You know, did you know we have a monthly photo contest? You can submit pictures of the product and you can win something, uh, refer a friend. So just like these emails that make your customer um, feel special, learn a little bit about the business or brand, and then really incentivize them to do things for you and buy more from you. And then that the customer experience really goes to from everything. So from when they order from you to when they get the product in the mail, how is your packaging? How are your inserts? How's that experience? Are you sending something that looks like Amazon? I have a whole chapter literally about the importance of customer experience, and then how to implement good customer experience via packaging emails and sort of what not to do based on what Amazon does. So let's not be the boring brown box that Amazon sends out with like no humanization, anything like that. Um, And I just talk about other parts of the book, like again, customer experience, um, like what is customer obsession? Like what's the concept, why it's important to you? I talk about customer service. I feel like it's everyone's least favorite topic to talk about, probably besides like taxes, which is my least favorite thing to talk about. But customer service is one of the most important things. If you are not treating your customers like gold from day one, you were losing business yesterday. Like you need to get on customer service. And there's no excuse of, oh, well, I'm only a little business. I'm a small business. I, I need three weeks to respond to an email. Absolutely not. We need to find a mom in your neighborhood. There's probably a stay-at-home mom who would love to do like one hour of email work for you just to like have something fun to do. You know, she probably wants to just help and and feel part of something and have a break from her crazy kid. So, um, and it doesn't have to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm just using an example of probably someone in your neighborhood who would like love to help you. You know, it could be a teenager, it could be anyone, but you got to get some help with customer service. And then um, I talk a lot about this sense of, or this concept of creating community around your brand. How do you involve your customers? And I think that's actually the secret sauce of the whole book is how to create a sense of community. When someone feels special after they ordered from you, um, when they feel acknowledged, they will, and you treat them well, especially if there's an issue, they will like walk to the ends of the earth to buy more from you and talk about you, leave you good reviews and everything kind of in between. And then the last part of the book is customer loyalty and retention strategy. So kind of all the things we talk about, and then how do you actually put some of these things into place so you get customers that come back on autopilot and refer friends and family and all that good stuff. So it's kind of like a quick synopsis. 
It's so good. And it's like such a good, it's compact and there's, it's not fluff. Like it is very, it's, it's easy to get through. It does not take long to get through, which I think all of us are so busy. So it was like a perfect kind of manual guidebook on like what you need to focus on to have your customers obsessed with you. So I think I'm just so excited for you. I can't wait to see what's to come for you with this book. So how, where can people buy it? How can people find you? So it'll be available October 18th and you can buy it from Amazon. And I'm hoping to get some other links on my website, but for now, barnesandnobles.com. If you're like, I hate Amazon. That's cool. Um, (laughs) Buy it wherever, but, um, but yeah, I I have a love hate. (laughs) Appreciate um, any support. And like Kristen said, it is a, this was a a short snappy book. It's a hundred and I think 32 pages. You can literally read it in a weekend. And I wanted it to be, I hate like fluffy anything, whether it's a podcast, whether it is um, a course, whether it's a book, I hate fluffy stuff. I like you to get to the point, give me the facts, tell me what to do and like move on with my life. And that was important for me to have the book in that kind of format too. So it's like, there's no fluff, you can get through it and, um, and, and take actionable steps to implement. So, um, I'm excited, but yeah, yeah. customer obsession, October 18th. I'm so excited. Thank you. It'll be linked out. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on to talk about it. Like, I'm sure this is not the last time you'll be on here. So (laughs) I appreciate you coming on and I'll be talking about the book all week. So we're going to celebrate. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.